0: Hi guys and welcome to another review by Drama Rookies. I'm your host Evita, joined by Ahana and Svetlana. The three of us are here to serve your K drama fix. Today we are going to be reviewing *Vincenzo*, starring Song Joong Ki, John Yo Bin, 2PM's Thekkyeon, Cho Han Chul, and Kwak Dong Hyun in lead roles. Written by Park Bum and directed by Kim Hee Won, Vincenzo, at the age of eight, was adopted by an Italian family that happened to have close links in the Mafia. Now as an adult, Vincenzo Cassano is a consalid, my bad, conciliary to the Mafia. His work involves solving disputes and legal matters, but of course that means using out-of-courtroom measures and killed-in-the-back-of-a-trunk kind of settlements. He flees to South Korea, wherein he gets involved with lawyer Hong Chayan. They gang up to take down Babel Inc., which is the Korean equivalent to the Mafia. A dark comedy with a twist on justice. What do you guys think of Vincenzo?
1: So watching Vincenzo for me, honestly, it gave me something of a South Indian movie vibe where, you know, the the hero is kind of, you know, he has his wrong ways but you know he's trying to do the right thing and the bad guy is like bad on another level like you know there's bad with a reason and then there is on playing the Babel group uh, you know chairman and it was absolutely insane that this is the parallel I thought of but of course the execution here was totally different and I was really happy to see that. I
2: think for me Vincenzo was a change of scene because I remember Song Jin Ki as someone who is you know the lovey-dovey guy and oh the uh, the typical hero you know that you would see in any K-drama uh, and since I had seen you know I am still a big fan of Descendants of the Sun and I can see Evita cringing but I will still say that so I feel this uh, drama was a really big change for me especially his acting. So I had not seen John orbin before. Like I have not seen any of her dramas or movies, anything. I've not seen any of her acting work basically. And this was an introduction to me for her. And I couldn't have asked for a better introduction because she has she has really done a good job. I mean, there were parts when I was not even looking at Song Junkie but she was stealing the show for me.
0: I think definitely Ahana makes a very interesting point about Vincenzo being... Um, Of Vincenzo having parallels with South Indian films because there were many scenes that were very reminiscent of the industry. And I would also say there were like very Bollywood scenes thrown in the mix. One scene in particular is when uh, Vincenzo is saved by a group of pigeons. And this will not make sense if you haven't watched the drama. But there is a lot of suspension of belief in Vincenzo while at the same time, you know, they're fighting the evil guys who are, really like dipped and uh, stored in evil and Tekyon's character is honestly so bone-chilling scary but at the same time you know he's a very caricature villain that's done well you know I would almost say that his kind of characterization was very familiar to a lot of Bollywood uh, watchers of like, if you've seen 80s Bollywood films and how we had Crime Master Gogo and, you know, he had his own specific antics. It's very similar with Tekyon's character where there are quirks about him. Like in his case, it's mixing Korean and English. And uh, perhaps uh, for a lot of international fans, this is going to be one drama where English is so clear that uh, it just kind of adds another level to, you know, the acting as well. So I just really enjoyed this. And I guess a lot of it was that because it was this mix of masala, action, romance, you know, underdog versus uh, these evil corporations and, you know, the bad guy who, you know, uh, saves the day, even though it's completely against his principles and he doesn't go by the law. He is the law. So, yeah, it's a very, uh, it's almost like a good rewritten Salman Khan film. So,
1: yeah. With a budget, which was, I think, all his films combined, that kind of a budget they had, especially the post-work that they've done, considering they never actually went to Italy, the way they've executed, I think episode one and two is where we see Maximum Vincenzo in Italy. Wow. I must say, I mean, I would have never guessed had uh, Netflix not released that, uh, you know, BTS video, I would have never guessed that they actually did all that in post. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, the CG rendering is
0: done so well that the first half of Vincenzo, the first half of the first episode of Vincenzo honestly feels like a very different drama because it has a lot of neo-noir elements, a lot of uh, directorial choices that were very new in K-dramas. Director Kim Hee-won decides to use these kind of vertical... Uh, shots you know to show to show like some kind of power dynamics between Vincenzo and the others and I just loved the first half so much that when the second half of the the first episode kicked in it was very familiar K-drama territory but the kind of stark difference in stylization I think it can either put off viewers or it can just really be a smart way of showing that Vincenzo's stylized world comes completely crashing down the minute he reaches Korea and then everyone just doesn't take him as seriously as uh, he was in Italy. So I think there is a lot of fun that has been done in the treatment of the show, which, uh, which is new, it's fresh. And I think that's why Vincenzo was enjoyed by the public so much.
1: Yeah, the drama really went through, you know, this kind of ups and downs with whether it was trying to be dark or whether it's tr- it was trying to be a comedy. I never really found it to be a perfect blend of both because initially, as Evita pointed out, first episode was super dark and all of that. Then the first half of the show, I would say till episode eight or nine, till the time, you know, they were uh, going after everyone in this funny con man sort of style. That was funny all out for me. But I think it was after episode 14 or maybe even after episode 15 that we saw like a really dark and gritty kind of, underbelly of what Vincenzo probably was going to be all about that sort of thing come out because everyone was really facing uh, life and death situations throughout so it was kind of a roller coaster for me.
0: Other stuff that I really liked about Vincenzo was how it was genuinely funny in a sense that um, you know Korean dramas like to use a lot of slapstick humor but it doesn't always land you know some of it just makes it it makes the scenes you know long drawn and then you're just kind of waiting for the plot to move forward in vincenzo even though there were multiple characters some of them were very caricature like uh, the restaurant chef that runs an italian restaurant so he's dressed and his mannerisms are supposed to be of an italian man you know the the culture appropriation is very very mildly sprinkled but i don't think it ever it ever goes to a point of, uh, you know, making fun of the Italian culture as much as it's really like a fanboy perspective of the Italian culture. So I do like how, you know, the characters had their little, little quirks. I think, you know, this drama at the start was a bit overwhelming because there were so many characters, like the residents of the Gumja Plaza, lawyers at the Wusang uh, law firm and then you have Vincenzo's entourage and you have just the general extras and everything so the starting of Vincenzo is actually quite overwhelming if you're not used to the very K-drama writing of throwing in a bunch of supporting characters but it really picks up after I would say the seventh episode and It starts to take a direction somewhere. But then again, you know, I really thought it was superbly funny. Like some of the very well referenced jokes like the Corona jokes and, you know, the way in which they showed the humor to be more than just, okay, you know, Vincenzo does something and others don't understand. So I liked like how the writing was very fresh, very modern. And uh, I feel like that is really the, you know, key point of Vincenzo. I remember uh, when I started watching Vincenzo,
2: I was very confused because, you know, as Evita mentioned, there are 100 characters. Everybody has their own quirk to show and then there's Song Joon-ki who have to pay my whole attention to. So it's like a very, I, I don't know, it was a very uh, confusing thing for me. But the thing that I liked is that every character had their own, like, they held their ground. It wasn't, like, just because Song Junki and Jon Yo were the main leads. So, and, you know, okay, Take On War, you know, they were the main characters. So, they were the only ones shining. I felt like every character, be it uh, anyone in Song, Song junki's kis gang or even, uh, even Kwak dong Yoon, Uh, he also, you know, like, uh, held his ground. I feel every one of them had a very important role to play. And by the end, like, you know, towards the seventh or the eighth episode is when you realize that all of them have done such an amazing job in making sure that you know, there is a balance between the characters. It's not just, okay, the main lead and the female lead as we see in all K-dramas. I even felt that in, you know, like Crash Landing and all of these K-dramas, I always felt like the main two leads were the only one in the picture and nobody else was able to, uh, you know, shine or, you know, show their uh, acting skills as much. But in this drama, I feel every single one of them, even if the screen time was for two minutes, that balance that they brought to the show, I feel that is very important. I
1: think now we can discuss... The acting range, you can say, that the cast of Vincenzo has shown in this show, especially since Johnny Obin was a newcomer for a lot of us. I mean, she has really made it, I would say, considering that the last time she acted with Takeon was as an extra in Save Me. She was this random reporter girl that I don't think people even recall. And here she was, she had more screen time than, than him. She was actually the female lead in a show where he wasn't even the male lead. So she clearly has jumped from there. And for good reason. She has the acting capabilities, I would say, of a lot of K-drama actresses combined. So, I mean, full marks to her for that.
0: Yeah, I would say that she reminds me a lot of Jun ji Hyun in terms of physicality. Like the way in which she uses, you know, like her acting choices of using a lot of body in just her delivery is so interesting. It's also very, very, you know, Korean acting school, you know, where whenever it's like a mellow comedy action, there's a lot of physicality that's brought in the screen. So I always like I found her to be very much like Jun Ji Hyun in My Love from Another Star in terms of just physicality. But I also think uh, one of other Vincenzo's like, you know, selling points is the fact that the chemistry between the leads was palpable. It was so, so good. Like the actors not just played off with each other's vibe, but it never felt cringy. Like there are many moments in the show where it just felt like genuine and slow attraction that's building in, building in. And I like that. I like that it was a slow burner for them and that romance took a backseat in a sense because of the fact that they were dealing with such issues that would be very frivolous of them to suddenly be like you know what I like you and you like me too like it'd be a little random given the number of deaths happening around them and you know all that kind of stuff but I think that also is testament to the fact that Song Junki Ki has moved from being just this romantic actor to now, I guess, shedding that image of him just being this angel-faced actor and now moving into darker, grittier roles. And the thing is that he has the potential. He's always been a fantastic actor. Um, you know, we've seen this with his film, Werewolf Boy, where um, that was my first Song Junky work. And I think that, you know, image cemented in my head that he's a fantastic actor. And perhaps it's just that, you know, now we are getting scripts where, uh, you know, the actors can be more than just their Hallyu status and more than just their good looks. And they're getting a chance to like experiment within the craft itself.
2: I think uh, when the drama had been announced and, you know, I read the storyline of the drama, the one thing that the three of us discussed was that, Song Joon-ki has a baby face. How is he going to Mm. play the role of a mafia guy? Because that was something all of us didn't understand. We were like, okay, this is a wrong, uh, you know, they shouldn't have casted him. This is a casting mistake. They should have done someone like Lee Seung-gi or they should have done like a Park Seo-jun because somehow Song Joon-ki didn't sit in the role of a mafia, at least for me and for the three of us. But then when the drama started out, It was the first episode only itself like set the mark that okay, this guy is not here to be your mellow king. He's not here to, you know, play around and romance the other people. He's here to, you know, get this job done. I feel not just his, uh, you know, his uh, chemistry with Johnny Obin, but I feel his... uh, a relationship with every one of his characters his gang with every one of them was so natural like it just came out and you know the, the comic timing was there it was comfortable like when you saw it you didn't feel that okay you know they are trying to be uh you know he's trying to be too much or just because he's a mafia king you know they're trying to butter him up or something it was just very natural and it flowed so well and when Song Junki and Johnny Yobin came on the screen together I have no I have like the number of times I have felt like okay enough now. Just kiss and leave now. Bus ho gaya. Like it's enough. Like hogya, na sata episode, hogya, char episode, ho gaya. Just kiss and just forget it. But it would never happen. In fact, I remember this one scene, which is, which always is on my Instagram. I'm telling you, every day, whenever I open my Instagram, that scene is there where Johnny Obin is going for her uh, reunion party and Song Joon-ki is asking her, okay, when will you be back? Are there going to be guys there? This, that. And uh, where they know what they are, they know their relationship. They just don't put, need to put a name on it. It's not required. And I think that is a very good thing that the director has done, wherein they have not, you know, Stated the obvious, they have just let the you know action speak for themselves.
1: Absolutely agreed. That chemistry was sizzling, even though nothing happened like nothing happened till the very end. You know, you could just feel it, you could feel it in the room, even though you weren't in that room with them, they were on a screen. You could feel that chemistry between them, and that's of course, that's hats off to the actors. In fact, I think I read a couple of interviews where Song Junki said that uh, I totally understand the pressure Johnny Obin was probably feeling considering this is her first big, big role. And I wanted to be there for her and assist her in any way. But then we naturally were able to, you know, uh, deliver such a great product. And they were so happy with the result. Guys, Tekion did an amazing job as a villain. I have never in my life imagined that he could be a villain. I have seen him in dramas like, let's fight Ghost, And, you know, he's like one of those clueless guys with that expression. In fact, he, the way he pretends to be initially in Vincenzo, that's how he is when he plays the lead in any show. And then suddenly there was this like switch and boy was there a switch. What were we witnessing on screen after that? I don't know, man. It was insane. It was next level. The way he just went super dark, like dark for even dark villains, you know, that whole watch thing where he would collect the watches of his victims and the whole hunting thing, the whole hockey, the ice hockey thing. Oh my God. I I don't know, man. The way he beat that guy up with that hockey stick, beat him to death. I, I don't know. It's a hats off to an idol actor who is willing to actually act like this, but he agreed, did an amazing agreed. job.
0: Agreed, you know. So, um, so Swatana and I are both, um, you know, second gen fans, uh, second gen K-pop fans, and obviously, two PM, you know, is the is the sunbay of many of our uh, favorite groups as well, and all, all the two PM. Um, all the 2PM members are actors. You know, we've seen Chan Sung in um, Strong with Secretary Kim, and we've seen the other actors. We've seen the other members also in different kinds of shows. But yes, Taekyun has a very, um, you know, he has a very good guy image in general. So for him to do this role, I was actually very, very shocked because it's not that it's not that he is a bad actor. It's just that most idols get trapped in the public personas that they make. So it's very difficult for them to shed the public persona and then really get into the rawness of acting. Like we saw this with uh, Maya Joshi when Ayu was casted that people just were not okay with it because they were like, how can Ayu, who is, you know, the nation's little sister and, you know, she's the god of vocals, how is she going to do such a dark and gritty role? But Ayu obviously proved her metal. But that's where, you know, when you cast idol actors for the public, separating their public persona and separating their craft, you know, is very difficult. But tekyon being tekyon I think, really nailed it. Like, there are some memorable scenes, which uh, which, like Ahana said, it's so, so good. One is, yes, when he's beating this one man to death. And it's just... I would say it's a shock. There are many times when I have really like gasped at what's happening because I didn't expect the drama to really go in such a dark route. Like while these villains are yes caricature villains, there was a kind of lightness that was still there in the drama and the fact that it immediately switches with Tekion beating this man to death, the entire mood shifted. It went from okay general intimidation to straight up murder in like half a second. And I think that's the beauty of Vincenzo, where it just constantly kept you on your toes because you never knew when this really humorous scene was going to turn dark. And uh, that is also pretty much Tekion's character. Like, he has a very chill personality, but it's also very, very scary. Like, he can also flip (coughs) and then shoot you. And I think that tension was just done so well by Techeon. I don't think anyone would have guessed he was an idol actor or, you know, that he's not been acting for like years in his life I think he really has yeah. his
1: this was actually a topic of discussion across the internet about how Vincenzo is probably one of the first series where they are showing uh, male and female leads who are okay with killing people and not actually being too remorseful about it but I think that has a lot to do with the kind of villain there was in this show Correct. Everyone was like giving credit to like Song Joong Ki and John Yoo Bin. But this was actually because everyone ends up comparing the villain and the hero, right? And the lead. And, you know, put in comparison, them killing like these one or two people was like nothing as compared to what this guy had done.
0: Hmm. Correct. Also, I think Vincenzo is a very interesting, uh, the writer in particular, Park Che Bum, he writes prefers to write dramas that have a very satirical take on society but he mixes in a lot of dark humour because it's almost like he knows that is the coping mechanism of all of us viewers right like we conceal all of our pain with dark humour so it is is very interesting then to see that while the villains were um, you know so scary they also had really humorous and fun sides to them which was just jarring because I didn't want to laugh with the villains and uh, that is the, I guess, beauty of Park Ji writing also, where he exposes the filth that we surround ourselves with. And we think, you know, and we just plant flowers around the filth thinking that it's going to disguise the fact that we're sitting on filth. So I think that is like also like at the plus point of Vincenzo is that it really talks about like the, you know, the moral compass that a person has and how sometimes justice is not, always being on the good side you need to be as bad as the villains to get your justice okay so for me
2: as Evita mentioned I was a big fan I still am a big fan after seeing Vincenzo because you know there's this one scene which I remember in particular it's when his lawyer is telling him that okay you have to go to jail and he is whining like a baby and he's just like I don't want to go to jail why are you sending me to jail this is not okay this that and i was just like dude like you killed a person you you don't want to go to jail like what's what's the thing but then i realized that that is how his acting range is you know like from being all serious in a scene where he is killing someone to a scene where he is, you know, trying his best to control his anger when there is, you know, the pig's blood is thrown on him to the end when he's whining and uh, telling his lawyer, it just shows the range of acting that he can go through. And there are very few actors who can do this in the, uh, idol actors to be very specific, who can do this in the industry because he had not make a, made a comeback for a very long time. And, you know, I remember when I was reading the synopsis, I was like, one second, is he the villain because, or is he the second lead? And all of us were a little shocked that Song Junki is the main lead and Tae is the second lead and we didn't understand what was his role at that point because, well, in the synopsis, nobody tells you who's a villain and who's not. And we thought that at that time, Kyok Dong Hyun, we thought he was the villain because, you know, that was just how his role was made out to be. But then when you know, through the episodes, as the progress of Takeyon happened, I don't think I have seen a better villain in the recent dramas. I would say even in, you know, um, Flower of Evil or even in any of the recent dramas, I haven't seen a better uh, range of a villain or a better acting that a villain has done in in the recent times at least. For me, one more memorable character was Kwak Dong-yoon because I remember seeing him in It's Okay to Not Be Okay. And there his character was really impactful. Like I remember it was just for one episode max, like hardly, you know, a few scenes here and there. But it was so important, uh, you know, to the uh, storyline, to the entire uh, show as a whole. And I feel that in this also, in the beginning, I felt I truly, I truly, truly felt that he was the uh, villain in the beginning, because the way he was acting, and the way he was just going around doing things. But then I realized that this guy really, really, like, I don't know what it was about him. But by the end of it, I just wanted him to, you know, to survive like that was my only goal at the end of it i was not thinking about anything else i didn't know if he was right or wrong or what he was doing at the end of it i just wanted him to survive because he is you know one of those characters who on the um, who is like the good person you know there is an evil person and then there's a good person he was a good person who was with the evil characters and he didn't have a choice but to go through with them because he knew he would die otherwise but in the end the way he saves Vincenzo the way he just gives his life for him I think that just stole the show for me and I honestly found him to be one of the most memorable characters
1: this is actually true because this is another trend I've noticed I don't know if this is Uh, this has been prevalent for long or not, but I've noticed this since maybe 2020, where the show goes on, there is a male lead, female lead, villain, everything, but at the end of the show, you know, who emerges as the victor, you know, which actor is the one that has actually gotten the audience's attention. It's this other actor only. It was Kim Son Ho in Startup. It was Hwang and Yop in 18 again in, what was their other show? In True Beauty. And uh, and now we have Kwak Dong Hyun finally getting you know the attention that he deserves after doing that small role in It's Okay to Not Be Okay. He was he did a short role in Fight for My Way. He was in Love in the Moonlight, but none of those roles really got him the attention that this role has finally gotten gotten him. And I think now now his career will actually actually take off. So I'm excited for that. Haven't talked about that. Can we just discuss how K-dramas just treat hair like your symbol of whether you're a villain or not? Especially for men, okay? okay. It's like, if, if you're pretending to be a good guy, you, you'll have your hair down, okay? <laughs> so, initially, initially, Kyeon has his hair down, down because he's pretending to be like this dummy. And then the minute he becomes a villain, he has his hair up. He has it like all pushed back. Same with uh, Kwak dong Kwak Dong-hyun's character. Initially, he's wearing it all up and then when he becomes a good guy, ge- again, he's wearing it down. Song joon same goes for you. Initially, he's all like, I'm the villain. I'm going to put a lot of hair gel and product. I'm just going to wear my hair up. And uh, then as he starts revealing his softer side, like strands start like, you know, coming down his forehead and suddenly he has a full head of fringe. So I'm like, <laughs> am I supposed to look at the hairstyle and decide like this is the hero or this is the villain? who knows
0: so this is something that I've also noticed in K-dramas I think we've also seen this in I don't know why this dramas at the you know back of my mind but what's wrong with Secretary Kim where even uh, whenever they're having like intimate moments uh, Park soo hair is down and whenever he's a CEO his hair is up it's, it's a weird thing that uh, I've noticed in dramas that if you're successful even your hair is on top <laughs> and if you're just at home and chilling your hair is down um, there was one particular, um, I would say, special appearance that I really liked. It was by Kim Song Chol, and he plays Min Song in the drama. Who, Min Song's character is horrible. Like, he's a horrible person. He, uh, he indulges in dating violence. He swindles people. He's not a good guy through and through. However, he was the show's first LGBT character and uh, it's very interesting that usually whenever a honey trap has to be done on any character, it's always that you have to honey trap a man and then a woman would have to be sent. So it's very interesting that in this case, since Min Song's preference is men, uh, Song Joong is the one who ends up honey trapping him and... It basically descended into a BL fantasy which I don't know was fan service or what it was but I think all of us collectively fell in love very problematically with uh, Teho alias of Vincenzo and Min Song and I just think that this is what makes Vincenzo a very current drama because the writers were not afraid of really exploring the current trending topics, the current kind of you know storylines that the youth are looking for and I really liked that episode I think it's episode eight because I just felt like they condensed a a mini drama into the drama itself and there are such dramatic moments where Vincenzo's telling Min Song that uh, I can't live without you if you don't do this for me and of of course as the audience we know that uh, Vincenzo's just trying to get uh, some information out of him, but uh, but Min Song's genuine reaction of love, so-called love to Tae Ho is just really funny and I think the actors also did a fantastic job. Perhaps that is why it got so popular because of the fact that uh, the actor's natural chemistry was a little too strong. It almost threatened our main couple, I must say.
1: Having talked about all the diversity that Vincenzo brought to our screen, I think it's time that we do discuss its few shortcomings. I mean, there weren't too many, but unfortunately, I did notice a couple of things, especially as the show went on. So initially, it was like built up to be this dark humor, sorry, this dark comedy, black comedy, is it? And, uh, you know, that A villain is the one who would set the other villains right. That sort of a narrative. Now, the entire premise of the show, I must say, was based on the fact that there was gold under the gumja complex.
0: Gumja also means gold in Korean. So that was the most exposition point there. Gold plaza, hai gold. (laughs) Just saying.
1: Like, wow, next level Hindi movie stuff, huh? Yeah, yeah. Just make it like, so obvious for the audience that even the dumb ones can't miss it. Having spoken about the gold being uh, being the pivotal point initially. Obviously, later on, they started uh, extracting revenge from Babel Group and all of that. But since the gold was the initial point of uh, you know Vincenzo actually coming to South Korea, I think they should have dealt with it better. You know, it was kind of forgotten. And then in episode 17 or so, they realized that, oh, we need to do something about that as well. So what they did was very conveniently, they had that uh, one of the residents of the Gumja complex only being the computer coder. I thought that was totally not plausible because the whole point was like, oh, that iris, that retina scanner is you know, fallen inside and now how will they open it? But no, oh, the computer coder is right here and she's going to like unlock it and it's going to be super easy. Secondly, the gold... Um, extraction. Now they did show that you know the, every day the monks used to go and they. Used to, but does anyone understand the amount of gold there was there and the kind of sizes? Like I, I refuse to believe in those tiny bags. They were just going and they were just going to go and put it somewhere. They didn't even properly explain where it was that they had stored that gold. You know that place that John Yobin was lying on all that gold. Where was it? I mean, they never talked about that location before. And lastly, I think uh, one other issue of mine was they never talked properly about what was the gold distribution. So yeah, I mean, we did get to see glimpses of residents having stored the little amount of gold that they've got in different places, but I didn't really get to see how much gold who got and what they did with it. You know, that's what I wanted to see. What was the distribution? Who got what? And how did like Vincenzo convert all that gold and actually go and buy an island? But Well, I guess they didn't have time and they had introduced a lot of other plot lines. So they probably couldn't afford to explain all of it to us.
2: Yeah, I think for me, my main issue was that only that, you know, there were we spoke about this. There were a lot of characters and there were so many different plot lines that were introduced and then, you know, they were cut. Introduce cut. Of course, they were given like a proper ending. But at the end of the show, I was just like, okay, so what happened to that guy? Okay, so what happened to the to the guy who was in the second episode? Okay, so what happened to this? Because uh, like they they didn't give a proper ending to each and every character. Like if because I felt like in the beginning, each and every character was very important to Vincenzo. He wouldn't be where he was in the last episode if it weren't for all these characters around him. But at the end of the show, I didn't feel any one of them not. Not any one of them, but at least not all of them got like a proper ending and a closure as to what happened to them. Half the time, I couldn't understand what was happening with the goal. But for the plot lines, there were too many. So I feel the violence that takeon was doing was way more than what Vincenzo was doing, even though he was a mafia in Italy, which is something that I didn't understand. And I was questioning till the last episode. But well, I didn't get my answers. But okay, I mean... As much as there are drawbacks, I feel there are a lot of positives also to the show.
0: So taking off from what Svetlana said, the violence in the show was not up to my satisfaction. And this is not because I'm a sadist and I enjoy seeing violence. But I do feel like when you say that your character is from the mafia, and in reality, we know the mafia is not as nice and as kind as Song Jungi's character is in Vincenzo. The mafia is deadly feared and they have done some horrible things in Italy so there is no glossing over that i did expect that when song junki was extracting his revenge from the bubble group members and from you know in the end tekyon himself that the level of violence would be a little bit more and for me that was a bigger issue where i felt like this is what happens a lot in k dramas where by the end of the show they tend to pander to the audience interests and the original plots tend to just go out the window and for me that was one of Vincenzo's lacking points where it gave us such a stylized start and then the end was okay it was like 50 percent I wished there was a little bit more um, you know of darkness creeping in because Vincenzo is put to be an anti-hero and for him to you know not kind of bring more of those elements out especially since they teased flashbacks of his crimes in the past and the fact that he you know, has murdered men, women, children. So he's done a lot of like horrible things. And then it almost felt like he was being very lenient with the villains towards the end. In terms of characterization, I think they based Vincenzo more on American Italian films than actual it, uh, the actual Italian mafia. Because I could see very Godfather vibes coming in, but I couldn't see the actual scary Italian mafia coming in. Then again, like, you know, props to Song Junki for even learning Italian. And, you know, I really like that there was so much of, you know, a diversity in languages uh, coming in with Vincenzo. Um, but I would say that in terms of writing, uh, if our listeners have watched uh, Park J. Bum's previous work, which is The Fiery Priest, then Vincenzo is not going to be very different. Because The Fiery Priest has a very similar premise in a sense that you have three oddballs put together. And, you know, The Fiery Priest has a priest who has terrible anger issues. And it is funny because he's a man of God and he's supposed to be kind and forgive him. But he's not. He really isn't. And that is what is interesting about Park J. Bum's work because he does a lot of like satirical dark comedies. It was expected that with Vincenzo he might add a little bit of romance, but knowing how the fiery priest ended the romance, there would not be a payoff to the romance. I do think that romance perhaps is not the writer's <laughs> strong suit because I feel like towards the end of the show they shouldn't have you know had um, Vincenzo and uh, Ha Choyong actually end up together together unquote. I found that you know such a such a drop because the way in which they did it I couldn't accept it the stakes were not high enough for me to really feel like okay now they have to really address the elephant in the room that was their love a lot of like convenient expositions here and there to get them to meet to get Vincenzo to conveniently get an island to keep sending her postcards I mean this is the 21st century you will get tracked (laughs) you will be found so it was a bit much for me but then again, what I do like about Park J. Bum's writing is that his female characters are not lamps. They're disco balls. So they're not just throwing shade. They are just completely parting up the scene and they just alleviate performances. And again, if you've seen The Fiery Priest, you will see parallels to E. Honey's character and uh, John Yorbin's character. They're so similar in this, you know, very quirky, morally twisted girl. And I like that. I would say that you know, since this is also written by a man, he wrote his female characters like he would write his male characters. And that is the biggest difference. It's not written to be just a vessel for the main lead. So I do think that Vincenzo scores very high for me in terms of the kind of gender equality within the script itself. And yeah, like I said, lastly, I just feel like the ending should have been stronger. You know, the fact that we didn't see Vincenzo really dipping into the dark side was like I was a bit I was a little bit disappointed like I really really wanted the stakes to be higher.
1: As for me I thought the end initially I wasn't happy with the end but eventually I found that the end was pretty fitting for all the characters. I thought the character of Cha Hee, the evil lawyer uh, how the way Vincenzo disposed her off since she liked dancing so much. She was dancing till the very end. I was happy with that. I was happy that he uh, also took that watch from um uh, character. And uh, I was happy that Vincenzo as a character, since from day one he was portrayed as a villain, they, ne- they didn't try to whitewash him and show him as, oh, now he has transformed, now he's going to be a good guy forever they stuck to the fact that he's a villain and he's going to be a villain and, you know, he leaves the scene. He never meant to stay in in South Korea, as he mentioned on multiple occasions, and he does leave. And as for the chemistry and the whole romance angle between Hong Cha Young and Vincenzo, you know, I found initially I was upset for another reason. I mean, not like Evita, that, you know, oh, they shouldn't have got together. I thought, oh my God, why weren't they, like, together forever? You know, that kind of die-hard die hard rom-com feels was what I was getting throughout the show. And in the end, he leaves. So I was like, what is this? Then, you know, I kind of understood that their bond was so strong that, you know, he, she wanted to stay in Korea. He didn't. And she never asked him to give up on something for her. That's the kind of connection they had. So I kind of felt where they were coming from, where they gave that ending from. So I was okay with that. As for the residents of Gumja Complex, they got a very, like, uh, happy, happy ending. That one has a baby. Minor gangster guys are now actually running a travel company. Also, one more thing. I was hoping for a hot-air balloon ride for these two. You know, the way that that guy had given them tickets. I was like, where is that? When is that going to happen? <laughs> but I guess, you know, they had just added these plot devices that they hoped to explore later on, but they kind of didn't get an opportunity. So, all in all, I was okay with the end. And, um, Although I probably, I probably won't have thought that this is how it would end, I was okay with it.
2: But with Vincenzo, if the villain wasn't, you know, thought a lesson, if the main lead wasn't with the female lead, if uh, all the members weren't happy in the end, then I don't know, we would have like this... Uh unfulfilled like you know this unfulfilled feeling in our hearts which i feel is very similar to what we feel when we watch a bollywood movie then if there isn't a happy ending in a bollywood movie we don't like it and if there is an open-ending bollywood movie i don't think it even does that well nowadays is there is there ever
1: an open ending anyone want to take a guess but that's a famous
0: one that's again because bollywood does not uh, Bollywood also kind of assumes that their audiences are dumb and they will never ever. Yeah. An ending. Yeah. Uh, but I'd see. I do think that uh, you know, open endings. Open endings work when you clearly um, establish the fact that the characters mm. have something to look forward to, and that is on good writing. That is definitely not on the audience's sensibilities because I think. Um, wait, let me think. Which film has an open ending? So. Good open endings, I think, work when the writer gives something for the audiences to look forward to, especially that the characters also have not just completed their arcs, but there is something new in store for them. So, if you take a film like The Lunchbox, you know, it's a film that also, you know, deals with, I think, somewhat similar, you know, like, you know, finding love, finding yourself, like those kind of, you know, um, storylines. But again, that's an open ending. And I think audiences like that because you really could see that we have seen the first chapter of their romance and now we're going to see what the second chapter of their lives are going to be like. So I think it really depends on you know good writing more than the audience's sensibilities. Because something like I would say Scarlet Heart Rio, which was also an open ending, it didn't work because the setup for the open ending was still very abruptly done. Like uh, the original end of Scarlet Heart Rio had them reuniting in the present timeline. And the current yeah. end also worked, but it just didn't... If you see the drama again, it, it there are a lot of like plot holes, a lot of things that could have been, you know, worked again to give that very satisfying open ending. Definitely give this show a watch. You can follow us on Instagram at Drama Rookies, And you can also message us if you want us to review anything that you'd like us to review. <laughs>